Welcome to Lompoc Foursquare Church's podcast. Enjoy the message. Hey, I want to talk to you today about grace. Grace. And as I was praying, I said, Lord, what, what should I speak about? And I heard this whisper. You ever hear the whisper? I heard a whisper. Jesus. I thought, great. You want me to, God wants me to preach about Jesus. I said, well, that's easy to do because we always put Jesus in every message. Then I heard the words of the apostle Paul, preach Christ and him crucified. You know, one of the most profound questions that was ever asked, maybe you've asked it. This was asked by Saul on the road to Damascus. Now, you remember Saul was a persecutor of Christ followers. He actually ordered that people who followed Christ would be killed. That's what he did. And while he's on the way to Damascus to mastermind another execution of Christians, the Lord encounters him brighter than the noonday sun. Just think about that. Because that Middle Eastern sun, it's bright and it's hot. It's really hot. It's really bright. And this light was brighter than that. And out of the light, the Lord spoke to him. Saul, Saul, why why do you persecute me? Hmm. And here was the question. Who are you, Lord? Who are you, Lord? If you're a seeker, you're kind of checking this church out. Maybe you're online watching. Somebody asked you to watch with them or they shared the link with you and you go, what's this all about? Well, it's all about Jesus. Why not? Because he asked this question, who are you, Lord? Maybe you've asked it before. And maybe you've been a Christ follower for a long time. And in this season of your life, you're asking the question again, who are you, Lord, in this season of my life? Well, I want to tell you who he is. Hebrews 13.8 reminds us that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if you have your notes, you're going to want to write this down, that Jesus is unchanging yesterday, today, and forever. Everything he ever did, he's still doing. His heart of grace and love towards others, his, his, his desire to bless people and include them in a heart of grace and into his family. He's still doing that. A lot of times we know Hebrews 13, 8, but we don't read the next verse, Hebrews 13, 9. Let's read it together. Ready? Go. Do not be swept away by all kinds of strange teachings, for it is well for the heart to be, to be. Oh, so what strengthens us when we get weary and weak? It's his grace. Jesus is grace, and the God of grace wants to strengthen us, and I'm betting my life on Jesus Christ. Now, why am I doing that? Well, when I was in high school and then when I was in college, I studied a bunch of religions. Actually, one of my assignments was to go to a fireside chat with a bunch of Baha'i faith people, and I listened to all that they had to say. My neighbor was a Mormon. I asked him, tell me about Jesus And I found out as he explained Jesus to me, it was different than the Jesus I was starting to discover. And then I I sat down with a Buddhist person who talked to me about reincarnation and karma and Zen and all that. I thought Zen was tea. I didn't know, actually. And and so I went through all of this, this research, and here's what I found out. Jesus Christ was the only one who had consistent character 
And then the only one who died for me and the only one who rose from the dead. There's been others who've died. They said they're the way to God. They're the, they're the Messiah. But only Jesus was the one who died and rose again. And here's what he did. It's the first point I want to address. All are given access to grace. Everyone. Now, you have to be glad about this. Because if it was only the, the wealthiest of the wealthy, it was only the most talented of the talented, if it was only people with brown skin or white skin or black skin or yellow skin that had access to grace, then some of us wouldn't get in. But this God was so concerned, for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever, that means everyone gets an all-access pass. So I was in the sixth grade. I'll never forget it. My neighbor worked for a union called the Local 33. Now, the Local 33 is a bunch of electrician guys and carpenter guys that, that do stadiums. Actually, my neighbor built the original Price is Right set. That wheel that spins, he made that. My neighbor made that. And that's really cool. And so a band was coming to the Hollywood Bowl. Now, I lived in Burbank, not too far from the bowl. And this band was coming to the bowl. And arguably, I say it's the greatest rock and roll band in all the world, the Rolling Stones. Now, I'm in the sixth grade. And my neighbor gave me this lanyard. And on the end of it, it said, all access. I didn't know what that meant. But I was backstage. I was actually sitting on an amplifier case that belonged to Keith Richards. And the band came by. All of them ran by. And I could see them perform right there. It was the coolest thing for a six-year-old, a sixth-grade drummer, fledgling rock and roller. Man, it was like, it was, but here was the deal. No one bugged me. Hey, kid, why are you here? Do you know that's Mr. Richards' amplifier case? No one asked me any question because I had a, all access pass. Hey, can I tell you that God has given everyone an all access pass through Jesus Christ to the grace of God and the incredible grace of the Lord. Not just a little grace, but abundant grace. The love of Jesus Christ is all inclusive for all people. And every one of us, I raise my hand first, in this room has been excluded at some time in our life. We didn't get picked to be on the team. Somebody defriended us on Facebook. Somebody had a party and you didn't get an invite. Someone got a promotion and you didn't get the promotion. Someone got a scholarship, you didn't get it. Someone else got to be first chair violinist, not you. Someone else got to be the lead cheerleader. You didn't even make the team. I've been there, you've been there. But in God's economy, no one, I just want to remind you, it's so simple, but it's so true. No one is excluded from the grace of God. But pastor, you don't know my problem. Pastor, if you knew my sin, oh boy, guess what God says about that? Then you don't know my grace because my grace is more than sufficient for you. And there's nothing that's gone too far that I cannot redeem, that I cannot repair, that I cannot reconcile. 
that I cannot wash you whiter than the snow. We sang about that wave of salvation this morning. And I thought, wow, how wonderful. You see, until Jesus Christ, everyone's idea of God had barriers and a ranking system. The Hasidic Jews, the ones with the little curly cues on the side of their head, their black coat, their black hat. You know, they pray, and here's what they pray in Hebrew. Oh, God, thank you that I wasn't born a Gentile or a woman. Thank you that I'm not born like my wife or my daughters. You wonder why we would follow Jesus? Grace. Listen, you were invited to the party. And ladies, when Jesus came, he elevated the gender of females. They were outcasts. Actually, the women marched in front of the men, so in case there were arrows, that they'd get shot first. I'm serious. And Jesus comes and turns around that economy. You probably know that in India, they have a caste system. Got a little pyramid to show you here. And if you're a Brahmin in the top with the priests and the academics, the learners, the educators, I mean, you're, you're just like, you're the superiors. And then we go down through all of the common people, the Sudra, and we come to the bottom. These are the untouchables. <laughs> They're the out cast out of the cast, the street sweepers, the latrine cleaners. These are the low lives in the mind of the caste system. And when you walk down the street and you're one of the untouchables, here's what they say to you. Unclean, unclean, unclean. And you know what Jesus did with the unclean? He went to them. He went to the lepers. He went to the outcast. He went to the marginalized. People that were nothing like Jesus, like Jesus, and Jesus like people who were nothing like him. Galatians 3.28, there's neither Jew nor Greek, there's neither slave nor free, there's neither male nor female, for you are all, you are all what? Yeah, you're one in Christ. See, the, 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 the plan for God is get rid of the caste system. Get rid of the, the barrier that divides people. And bring us into one new humanity. Sounds like I'm preaching something like way out there. I'm not preaching one world rule order. I'm not preaching one economy. But I'm just preaching one humanity. And somebody goes, where do you get that? I get it from Saul, who became Paul, who asked, who are you, Lord? Ephesians 2, 15 to 17. His purpose, the purpose of Jesus, was to create in himself one Humanity out of two. Now, watch this. It doesn't mean that one group ceases to exist or another group ceases to exist. What it does mean is that he takes us as we are and blends us together, making peace and in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross. The cross is our bridge that brings us together and allows us to get along. Why? Because he took our hostility and can you go back up just the, yeah, thank you, thank you. Because he took our hostility and he put it to death on the cross. And he came and he preached. What did he preach? He preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. In other words, the religious and unreligious, the people that prayed to God and those that didn't, those that were Jews were the chosen people and those that were Gentiles. You know what happened to me when I came to Christ as a Jewish kid? Part of my family disowned me. My cousins disowned me. 
And they said <clears throat> in their prayer, it's great, Lord, you didn't make us a woman and you didn't make us Gentiles. And they looked at me as a Gentile, or as they say, a goyim, no longer connected to the faith. Just think about this. Now, some of you grew up around your cousins. I used to hang out with my cousins. We barbecues, we went to the beach, Santa Monica Beach. We used to you know, play in the sand. They'd bury me in the sand up to here. Yeah, that was fun. Then they all left me buried in 10 tons of sand, right? But that's cousin stuff. And then all of a sudden, I go to a Christian camp, Camp Cedarcrest, four-square camp, and I give my life to Jesus, and I start telling my family the story, and they say, you're done. And here's Jesus' heart. I want to take the Jews and the Gentiles. I want to take the black, the brown, the yellow, the white. I want to take the rock and rollers and the country music people and put them all together. <laughs> I want to take the people that are vegan and vegetarian and the people that are carnivores, and I want them all to be together in Christ. You see, the Jews saw themselves as supreme, and everyone else was beneath them. We still have some of that today. And there are ethnicities, and there are races, and there are religions that have a secret boast. When they get together, it's a, it's a private handshake or some kind of look in the eye that lets them know, hey, 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 shh, we're supreme. We're supreme. But as soon as God is supreme, as soon as God is first, we remove any secret boast that says, we're, we're the best. We're the best. Now, in the first service, I did a scientific survey. I want to try it here. And I told the first service, I'm going to be truthful with you. If it doesn't work, we're going to send it ahead at 1045 anyway, because they deserve it. You know, and they all agreed with me that you guys deserve a scientific survey. Anybody here follow college sports at all? Any college sports? Good, 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 good. So at the count of three, we're going to name our favorite college, okay, that that sports team is connected to. So let me just, just, just tell you, if it's Michigan, you're going to say Michigan. If it's USC, you're going to say USC. We had a guy last week, UCLA. You know, he was just boisterous about it. So I want you to, with a little effervescence and a little enthusiasm, okay, I, I want you at the count of three, just name out your college. So here we go. One, two, three. Oregon. Okay. Well, let's try it again because it was... One, two, three. Oregon. Okay. I heard Oregon. Did you hear Oregon? I heard Oregon. That's right. Oregon. That's it. Okay. Now, you don't know if I'm saying Oregon ducks or Oregon beavers. I'm not going to tell you which one. But I'm, I'm, if I had to pick a college, I'm picking Oregon. Somebody going, boy, you're a loser. But anyway, it's all right. It's all right. All right. But I heard Oregon. Now, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me try another one. I, I, I risk this, and my wonderful musical friends are here, so they're, they're going to help us on, on this. The, your favorite genre of music. It could be country. It could be honky-tonk. It could be rock and roll. It could be R&B. It could be rap. I see some rappers here, I, you know, hip-hop. You know, but, but we're going to classical. We're going to, at the count of three, our favorite genre of music. You ready? One, two, three. <laughs> yeah, sure. Great. I heard rock and roll. Anybody else? Here, rock and, rock and roll, rock and roll. Now I want to ask you this, this question. Who is the one, who is the one 
that exemplified the love of God for you? Who, who, who is the one by whose name you are saved? Who, who is the one who is the King of kings and Lord of lords? On the count of three, we're going to say his name. One, two, three. Jesus. Jesus. I heard Jesus. Scientific surveys have proven that Jesus, in both these services, is a unifier is the one that brings us together. You see, we couldn't even order a pizza together and be in agreement. Because some of you say, I like, I like wheat crust. I like thick crust. I like thin crust. Some of you, it's got to be gluten-free. Some, I'm lactose intolerant. I can't have any cheese on mine unless it's fake cheese. And my cholesterol is so high, I only eat turkey pepperoni, right? Right? We could not order a pizza where we would all agree. By the way, somebody over here yelled, what, what's your favorite topping on pizza? Sausage. Anybody else like sausage? Yeah, a couple. A couple people. Good, good. You like sausage? Good. Anybody like, anybody like uh, pepperoni? Anybody? Bring it on. Okay. Anybody like thick crust? Anybody like thin crust? Anyone like wheat crust? You ever had really good wheat crust? Good, good. Anybody have to have gluten-free? Good. See, you guys are all weird. No, why, why, why do that? Because we wouldn't agree on everything. But what unites us, catch the point is, what unites us is Jesus. He's the uniter. And when God is supreme, no ethnicity is supreme. And when God is supreme, no political party is extreme. Good morning. And when God is extreme, no church is supreme. Our church is the best church. Years ago, this is a true, true story. I was in Starbucks waiting to get my coffee. And these two ladies came up to me and they said, uh, good morning, how are you? Fine. They said, uh, well, we'd like to invite you to our church. I said, really? I, I go to church. I, I, I go to church. Well, where do you go? I said, Foursquare. I attend Foursquare. <laughs> I didn't tell them I was the pastor. And the one lady said, well, you ought to come to our church. Because, I mean, we've got, we've got really good rock and worship. And our pastor teaches the word like no one else in the community. He's really, he's really good. I said, well, good. God bless you. Make sure you go and support your church and pray for your pastor. And I asked them, of course, what church it was. And they told me. And I said, oh, what's the pastor's name? I already knew the pastor. I had lunch with him a week before. I said, oh, oh, yeah, that's great. That, that's great. And then they badgered me the whole rest of the way as I got my coffee that I should go to their church. And here's what they said. I don't mean any disrespect. They said, well, our, our, our church is the best church. My skin got a little bit, you know, I wanted to say something back. And I said, well, I'll keep going to my, my church. I'm one of the ushers there. And, and, uh, which, by the way, is, is, a, is a top team here, our ushers. That's, just not, that's not a downgrade. That's an upgrade for me to, if I, they would even let me be on their team. And, but, but I thought, how interesting. And I wonder if that was a secret boast that they had. See, I never tell people we're the best way of church. We're one way of doing church. Some people walked in here and said, I'm never going back. Those guys are nuts. Especially when I'm playing drums, Craig. They're, they're coming back. But, but here's the point. Our boast is in the Lord. Paul later on says it. He says it in Romans. He says it in Ephesians. Our boast is in Christ, not in ourselves. He's our unifier. I just want to tell you, if I make anybody angry in the next statement, I hope so. There's no Jewish supremacy there's no Roman Catholic supremacy. 
There's no Hispanic supremacy. There's no Asian supremacy. There's no black supremacy. There's no white supremacy. See, when God is supreme, then he takes the top-notch seat, and no one else gets his seat. I'm just a humble servant of an illustrious master. My God is great. My God is good. So why Jesus? Why preach him? Why even focus on him? Because Jesus demonstrates the all-inclusive nature of God. If you've seen me, he says, you've seen the Father. If you've heard me, you've heard the Father. And Jesus, above all others, demonstrates the all-inclusive love of God for all people. And I'm so glad about this, that I wasn't pushed aside by God. As a 14-year-old Jewish kid, I came to know Christ, and he welcomed me in. And by the way, so did his people. They made room for me. They had this great relationship with God, and they also had a great horizontal relationship where they welcomed me. I was thinking about what Jesus did. The Gospel of John records he goes to the well, and he meets this woman there. She's a Samaritan woman. She's supposed to be an outcast. And by the way, in public, Men and women weren't supposed to talk together. Jesus broke that law. She's a Samaritan, wrong religion. She's a woman, wrong gender. And she's got wrong moral behavior. She's had five husbands, and the one she's with now is not her husband either. And Jesus was demonstrating that God wants all people to come to the party. No one's excluded. Everyone gets to be with him. And there was a sign in front of the Jewish temple that said, women and Gentiles are not allowed beyond this point, subject to penalty of death. But Jesus marched in, he turned over the tables, and he said, this is a house of prayer, and anyone can come here. That's why we have six front doors. I like that. It's symbolic. Anyone can come here. Anyone can watch online. John 1.12 says, but to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave them power to become the children of God. What do we do to get in? We believe in Jesus. Now, some of you are going to say, I know this. But in the season that we're in, are you asking a new question? Who are you, Lord, in what's to come? See, there's no exclusion in the hearts of Jesus. And here's what Jesus does. Jesus alone demonstrates to his love that we are all entitled to the same privileges, grace that we need mercy that we need, provision that we need. And in Christ, the second major point is this, that all are given access to freedom. Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, here's that word again, grace. For it's by grace you've been saved through faith, not from yourselves. It's a gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. So where's our boast? It's in the Lord, not in ourselves. Hey, look how, look how good I am. Look how many works I did this year so I could get accepted by God. It's not by works. I had a guy tell me one time, I think we work to be saved. And I said, well, what if you started one day late? Remember the old guy, theologian Maxwell Smart? Missed it by that much. One day late. Jesus alone provides grace for salvation through faith. You know, religious people have a problem with grace. Do you know that? Religious people are excellent at rules and regulations. Religious people find ways to add requirements to salvation. You believe in Jesus, but you must do this. You believe in Jesus, but you know all pastors must wear ties on Sunday. 
I've, I've gotten those emails before. And by the way, when I started out, suit and tie every Sunday. Then I started playing drums and we went from one service to two to three services. It was so hard. And some lady said, you're disrespectful. You're not wearing a suit. I said, ma'am, I'm playing the drums for five hours on a Sunday and I'm preaching. And you're coming in late and leaving early. So, okay. <laughs> huh? <laughs> hey, why Jesus? Because Jesus' sacrifice on the cross and his powerful resurrection are more than enough to save. Don't ever feel that there's something else you have to do to earn salvation or that you're somehow excluded from for Jesus is with us. Romans 8 said, nothing can separate us from the love of God. And that's why Jesus demonstrates a love that is secure. So I encourage you. I encourage you to lean into God in these days, to read your Bible like never before, to, to spend time praying and listening to God. Somebody said, how, how have you gotten through this season as a pastor? I said, I just got to stop every once in a while and be still and know that he's God, that he's in charge, and he's the senior pastor of the church. I like it that way. All of you are given access to God, every one of you. If you don't know Christ as your Savior, listen to these words that Jesus said himself, John 14, 6. I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And some people say, that's offensive. How dare he say that? Well, Jesus wasn't being narrow-minded. He was being narrow-focused. He didn't want people to be confused. Are there many ways to God? Is there really a stairway to heaven? Can you get there from here on your own? And Jesus said, hey, I just want to clear the air. Don't be confused. Don't be misled. I'm the way. I'm the truth. I'm the life. He's the bridge. I want to show you a picture of a bridge. Yeah, there's a bridge. It's called the bridge to nowhere because it's the bridge over nothing. Now, this bridge is in Honduras, was built in 1998. It uh, covers over the Choluteca River, Choluteca. And there was a massive hurricane. And because of the technology and because of the deep, deep, deep digging and the uh, uh, pouring in of concrete and steel and rebar, this bridge stood. Now, the roadway on both sides of the bridge, you can see, is no longer there. Hurricane wiped it out. And the Chulateco River moved over. So now we have the bridge. It's still standing there. The bridge to nowhere. The bridge over nothing. And you know what I thought about? How many people are on a bridge trying to get to God, and that bridge is going to take them nowhere? Well, I'll just believe certain things. I'll just be good. I won't kick the dog or the cat. I'll, I'll be nice to my wife. I'll be nice to my parents. I'll be good to my friends. I'll, 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 I'll buy a homeless person a meal, I'll, I'll, whatever. And they're on this bridge, and they, they believe it's going to get them somewhere. It's the bridge to nowhere. But here's what I know. Jesus Christ became our bridge. He became the bridge between us and God, the bridge over our sin, the bridge over our fallen humanity, and through Christ, 1 John 2, 1 to 2, he says, my dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin, but if you do sin, we have one who speaks to the Father in our defense. Just think about this. Jesus goes to God, the righteous one, and he says, um, Lord, 
Did you see what they did? And God the Father says to him, yeah, I did. Well, that was a dumb thing. This is my paraphrase, sorry. And Jesus says, but I'm the atoning sacrifice for their sins, not only for their sins, but for the sins of the whole world, all humanity. So when you sin and you ask for forgiveness, Jesus, I want you to see that verse. Jesus goes marching to God and says, um, um, they're back. They goofed again. But we're going to extend grace to them and mercy to them. Why? Because they have that all-access pass because of Jesus Christ. And they belong here. They belong at the table. They belong in our family. That's why Jesus represents us before God when we have failed and second Peter, Peter understood this. He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. So Jesus, what does he do? He demonstrates the heart of God. And here's what I want you to hear, that my life, that your life could be saved at any cost, at any cost. See, all of us have a cost we're willing to pay for someone. All of us have a cost we're willing to expend on something. But Jesus says, there is no limit to the cost that I am willing to pay. I will die on a cross. I will rise again from the dead. I'll take all the sins on myself of humanity. And some of you are going to say, Pastor, I, I, I know this. I want you to really know this. And I want you to really lean in to this truth, that grace is there for you. That grace is there for us individually and collectively, for your family, for my family, for this church family. And what is our role? Our role is to believe and trust and obey. What is our role? Our role is to love and serve others like Jesus does, to find a Samaritan person like that woman at the well and go up to them and let them know that they matter to God to find a child and find out what their dreams are, to go to a neighbor that's living all by themselves and just say, I'm, I'm here. I want you to know that I care about you. What's our role is to share Jesus with others because of all he's done for us. Would you bow your heads? I want to pray with you and, and for you. Jesus, I... I know I need you. Maybe you want to just echo that to him today. Lord, we're all sinners, all of us. But we receive your freedom and your grace and your mercy. And maybe you just want to say to the Lord in your own little whisper, God, deliver me from, from my evil. Fill me with your grace and with your mercy. Remind me, Lord, that you died for me. And I want you to cleanse me from all of my sin. And we pray this prayer a lot around here. Maybe you want to say it. Jesus, I give you my life. You gave your life for me. I, I give you my life. And if you've never allowed Jesus to be your Savior, I want to invite you in just this moment of time where Jesus is saying, can I save you? Can I apply my death to your life? Can I, can I apply my resurrection to your life? Can I? And if you say yes, you're making the most eternal decision you'll ever make. Where you say, I give you my life, Lord. I give you my life. 
And if you're here today, you'd say, this is, this is my day of, of salvation. I'm crossing the line. I, I want Jesus to have my life. He's given me an all-access pass to his grace and mercy, and I want to take that. Would you just raise your hand? I don't have to be very high, but I want to agree with you if there's anybody like that. Yep, yep, yep. Anybody else? Yep. Okay, back in the back. Yeah, I see you too. And the Lord celebrates these decisions. All of heaven rejoices. And then I want to pray for the rest of you. I would say, I already know Jesus. I'm saved. But I'm questioning, who's the Lord now for me? How can I grow closer to him? How can I know him more? How can I stop trusting myself and leaning on my own understanding and start leaning on his? That's what I want to do. And just reach out to him. Just just call upon his name and say, Lord, I give you my heart. I give you my life. And I want what you want for me. Because, Lord, truth be told, we don't want anything else but your will to be done in our lives and through our lives. May your kingdom come. May your will be done right here in our hearts, in our lives, in this church, just as it is in heaven. We love you, Lord. We give you thanks. And no matter what we're facing, I pray that you'll always know that Christ is in your soul, that Jesus lives inside of you, and because he does, we can declare it's well with my soul. Thank you, Lord. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Please visit us at mylfc.com for more information about our church. Thank you so much for listening.